You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's not a great day when your success is attributed to a clerical error. Also not a good day for Cowboys fans, but that's been the case for, what, a couple decades now? It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain back from a lengthy vacation. Jason Fitz here as well. Yes, we are back together. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We are going to get to my world travels. We are going to get to the insane hot goss that Fitz decided to drop just after I left, leaving me to listen on the podcast, gasping, mouth agape in the middle of O'Hare Airport. Wondering why he waited till I left before dropping the hot goss. We're going to get into all of that. We're also going to talk WNBA because both of our teams are battling for a spot in the finals tonight. But first, the clerical error fits that somehow dominated half a day of sports news. Why is Mason Rudolph ahead of Kenny Pickett on the Steelers depth chart? First, we got to get past Mitchell Trubisky being a captain and a starter. But after that... What has Kenny Pickett done to be number three? And then we hear this from Mike Tomlin. Clerical error, you know? Um, that's how the depth chart was listed at the start of training camp, so the cut and paste component was the cut and paste component. I know you were hoping for a little bit more colorful explanation, but it is what it is. Whoops! I already, <laughs> I, I already loved Mike Tomlin, Sarah, but I love him even more now because... As you well know, after all this time working together, I'm just not the greatest at gossip. I'm not the greatest at drama. Like, I'm such a logical person sometimes that I look at it, and I'm like, there's a logical explanation for almost everything that happens. Drives my friends crazy, and I love the fact that we spent all day trying to find drama in something that had a perfectly – you know what, guys? We just screwed up. Cut and paste. I've done that before. How often you've been writing something, you cut and paste, the wrong thing goes in the wrong spot. You don't notice till after you sent the email, and suddenly we have, like, the th- same – third of a sentence five times like it happens to anybody i love that we all went crazy and tomlin comes out and he's like i know you guys want something salacious here but this isn't the real housewives it's a football team and uh, we just uh, you know cut and pasted the wrong way i'm all in for that and it's the only logical explanation to an illogical conclusion that somehow kenny pickett was third on the depth chart. right right uh, it actually happened with my podcast today where the same segment happened twice in a row because of a little copy paste error not throwing anyone under the bus uh, but it has been fixed and that can happen I just love that it took that long for the clerical error to be pointed out so that multiple shows on our network and elsewhere were trying to break down the mystery of Mason Rudolph and how he had advanced I mean a bad bad day for Mason Rudolph in fact what are the uh, reporters exactly One of the reporters asked Tomlin in that presser, so did you need to explain to Mason and Kenny about the clerical error? And he was like, well, we just talked to the guys about how everything was sitting out yesterday, so I I didn't need to. But you're Mason Rudolph, and you're turning on the radio like, oh, man, everybody's trying to be, I know know what the truth is, and this is very awkward for me. If you're Mason, you probably made it about 15 seconds on the radio before you turned it off. Or you're like, yeah. you know what? Today feels like a good 80s on eight day because yeah, I'm not yeah. going to get any mental peace. Uh, I'm going to go turn on some y'all life and just chill. Oh, yeah. you know? There we go. Perfect. The video, Speaking far better of, than the song. Have, Watch the video, about, Mason. Yeah. I haven't I haven't forgot about that TikTok dance, by the way. Unlike you, I'm not trying to weasel out of my bets. We just uh, we haven't been together enough for me to, to nail that dance down. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain and Jason Fitz Woo-hoo. hanging out. 
You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. The other kind of news of the day that isn't that newsworthy to me because I've been feeling this for a bit now is the Eagles supplanting the Cowboys in the NFC East. Now it's official that they're the betting favorites. And I think there were a lot of folks because of injury, because of off season that were looking at the Eagles as a stronger team than the Cowboys anyway, but for them to officially take over the NFC East favorite spot at Caesar's Sportsbook, moving from plus 150 to plus 130 over the weekend, uh, Dallas now at plus 135. Um, I-, I think that says something about, you know, um, not just injury, but like a lot of doubt about what reason you would have to believe that the Cowboys have gotten better when there are a lot of things to like about the the Eagles might have potentially one of the best rosters, top three rosters in all of football, obviously more questions at quarterback than the Cowboys, but up and down that roster strong. Yeah. Look, there's so much to like about what the Eagles have done this off season, Uh, not just trading for AJ Brown, which I think I was already obsessed with, but then you look at some of their draft moves like N'Kobe Dean, uh, Jordan Davis. I mean, they drafted absolute incredible beasts that I think could come in from day one and be really good players. They got better on the defensive line. They got, they got deeper as a team. And then as you get closer and closer to the start of the season, what you see are, you know, less casual betters. You know, early on, it's fun just to walk up to a sports book for a lot of people and take big odds to try and, you know, bet on the team that you love. But as you get closer and closer, smart betters start putting down smart money. And that's why some of these lines change at the last minute. So as we get close to the season and you see that number start to get more affordable for the Eagles, I think it tells you that people realize the Eagles are a good bet right now. And, and I have a hard time going against them. The only thing, the only advantage that the Cowboys have is proof of concept at quarterback. There's no doubt yeah. to me whether you love or hate Dak. Dak has a stronger resume right now than Jalen Hurts. Let's see where that is at the end of the year. But right now, you know, you could look at Dak and say the expectation is for what he's getting paid, that he's the sort of, you know, everybody will rise around him type quarterback. But they've made Hurts' job so easy on this Philly Mm -hmm. offense. I'm all in on the Eagles winning the East. Well, it's your point. Hertz will be definitely benefited by Brown. That could be a really great duo. And then you've got a team that figured itself out over the course of last year. You remember, they tried to start with a more balanced offense. Then they ran it way more. And they got so efficient with the run. Um, and then I think they're going to have a better balance figured out to start this year and not go through the growing pains at the beginning of last year. Um, and then also, one of the huge question marks for the Eagles was the safety position, and they went out and got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, which was a surprise. They got him for almost nothing from the Saints, and it's because the Saints had an overload at that position. They've got a really packed secondary, but that's a huge thing that the Eagles had a question mark about, and they managed to take care of it before the season started. And I think, you know, put all that together, and then you've got a fair amount of questions about the Cowboys, and that's how you end up here. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz with you, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at progressivecommercial.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about the WNBA playoffs. I'm so glad to be back, Fitz, because uh, you know me and my voodoo dolls, whether they're physical or, you know, imaginary in my head. This Connecticut Sun team is is going to get the Dallas Keigel treatment from me at this point. Uh, <laughs> that knee to Candace Parker uh, shortly after the elbow to her head, which, by the way, congrats on only firing her up more because she only got better after you tried to get messy with it. Um, and the coach of the Sun basically putting it out there. We know that we are a worse team 
than the Chicago Sky, so the only way for us to win is to get messy? Okay, well, you shouldn't use the word messy if what you mean is dirty because they've been dirty, and I cannot wait for the Sky to come out and absolutely pound them tonight. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of the most interesting. What we've seen over the course of this playoff series with the, the number one seeds in each conference losing out of the gate and then only getting stronger throughout the course of this series, I think it's going to be interesting for Chicago. Yeah, and your team, by the way, one win away from the finals, and they could be sending Sue Bird on her way, not just for the season, but for her career. That's all going down tonight. We're going to get into that. We're going to do a couple divisional previews. That's awesome. We're going to get those started before the uh, actual NFL season starts on Thursday night. Can you believe it's almost here? We're also going to talk to Kevin Clark about his LaFleur profile, and Robert May is going to come on, give us a a bunch of questions. Uh, answer a bunch of our questions about the NFL season as we get underway here. So lots to get to with Spain and Fitz back together. Two pivotal game fours in the WNBA tonight. We'll get you set for those next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. I don't know how it's September already. I really don't. It's wild. And it's, by the way, it's not autumn, people. It's still summer. So quit trying to pumpkin spice me. I'm not ready uh, yet. Can I tell you like the craziest short story on this song? I, yeah. uh, I interviewed them with the Hall of Fame series I was doing before the draft in Cleveland. So Earth, Wind & Fire was talking to him. And I was like, I've never been in, a, in the studio for that sort of a moment. And I asked him, I was like, what's it like when you're in the studio and you realize you're recording a song that's just going to last forever, for generations? And they all immediately laughed at me. They're like, yeah, we hated it. We, we didn't want to <laughs> record it. We thought it was stupid. We thought the whole like, part was yeah, dumb. Yeah. They were like, we're out on all of it. And then they were like, yeah, we're the idiots. And the guy that wrote it in the band that wasn't on the interview is like, he was the smart one. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, well, they, they owe that guy. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. It's ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We would never mistake the gold that we're putting out every night as anything but gold. And we're going to get some gold on the WNBA games tonight from Mike Vopel, ESPN WNBA writer. MB, let's talk about this Sky Connecticut series because – the, the Sun are honestly lucky that I've been in Europe the last two weeks because the amount of bad vibes I would be sending their way for this BS. Uh, what do you expect from the officiating? And, and what do you expect knowing that, you know, the, the Sun coach is basically putting out there, we're going to be messy, we're going to be dirty. I mean, if Kurt Miller's saying it, how are the officials missing it? Yeah, you know, Sarah, that's uh, it, it is a little bit of a concern, especially there was a play, um, you know, in game three where Candace Parker could have gotten seriously injured. Yeah. And when you watch it over in replay, it's very deliberate. Uh, that's what bothers me, because I don't think the Sun should feel like they have to do this. I mean, I don't like any team to do this, but they're a talented team. Um, I know they want to make this. It's one thing to say make a game messy. It's another thing when a game gets um, a little dirty, frankly. And uh, and I, I hope we don't see that tonight because uh, these are two good teams and you want to see a, a clean, hard game, but not a game where somebody could get hurt uh, intentionally. And it's just like, for me, this feels like such a bad look for the league. Do we have any indication on if the league has talked to the officials to tell them, hey, clamp down on this? I, I don't know if the league has. Um, you know, I hope so. And I, I hope the the son sort of realizes this is a bad look for them um and you know they're one of the best teams in the league i mean they were the number three seed so they really uh, you know they, they shouldn't feel like this is a way that they have to win a basketball game 
Yeah. Uh, MV, how do you explain what we're seeing from Candace Parker? I mean, I know that she's fantastic, but to be doing what she's doing, especially at her age, especially as the other team is really getting after her, everybody else is sort of playing mediocre ball in this series, and she is thriving. You know, I hope this doesn't sound trite, but Candace really is one of the greatest that's ever played basketball. Yeah. Um, and, and I've always thought that there are times when I think she's gotten in her own head. Uh, sometimes I think the only thing that stops Candace is Candace, but what we've seen of her, especially in the last four or five years, and we're seeing it right now is Candace, who I think is at peace as a person and is very happy as a person. Mm. Um, and she isn't like slowing herself down. She's not second guessing herself. Uh, she is, she's looked phenomenal. She's making me look kind of smart so far because <laughs> I picked her to be the finals MVP. I mean, I do think they're going to, they can repeat. And I figure if they're going to repeat, a lot of it is going to be Candace Parker being Candace Parker. And the, I'm not sure as an Aces fan, uh, like this has been a tough series to watch, not because the Aces haven't been great, but because my heart can't take all this. Uh, give me your assessment first of what we saw at the end of that last game. And Aces win, by the way, but an epic final. It, it was amazing. Um, here's the thing, guys. This whole series has been has lived up to expectations. All three games have been really good. The first two were a little bit more. Um, the defense controlled the game a little bit more. The third game, what we saw is a game when you have seven former number one draft picks and, and Chelsea Gray, who wasn't a number one draft pick, but has basically been the star of the postseason. I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to cover the league since it started and, you know, I've watched every postseason, but we've never seen anything like basically a go ahead or tying basket happen three times in the final three seconds. So, uh, this also has been tough. Let's just be honest. You, you, you feel for Sue Bird, right? I mean, this is her last mm. season. You thought this was going to be, you know, she hits what we call like the super dagger shot, but the aces somehow came back and tied that game. I think every, a lot of people thought that game was over when Sue Bird hit that shot, but uh, less than a second is still enough time to win, especially if you're a team that has an offense like the aces do. I mean, yeah, I that... almost feel for Sue Bird. I'm just going to be honest. I uh, love Fitz, Sue, but you know what? come on. Can, I, want, I want a title, Sarah. You can I want carry a title. both in your heart, oh, and fair. you need that to. Fair. That is fair. Uh, Mike Vopel is with us. You can follow him at M.A. Vopel. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. We've got two Game 4s in the WNBA tonight, two teams on the verge of a finals berth. Sky looking to get back and potentially repeat Jason's aces, looking to make it and try to win their first. Now, uh, with the Aces, the question has always been depth. Now, their superstars are playing well enough in this series so that it's not coming down to that. If they do advance past the storm tonight, does that become the biggest concern for that team looking at the finals? You know, sir, I thought it was going to be. What it, what it reminds me of is there's been years where we thought that about UConn, you know, where it was like, hey, they're, they're six, maybe seven deep, uh, and – you know that they can't afford to get in foul trouble, and yet they don't, and, and they win. Uh, that's kind of a little bit what this, this Aces team has reminded me of because I keep thinking depth's going to be a problem, but so far they've made it not a problem. What will be interesting is if they're facing the sky that is literally the deepest team versus the team that's the least deep. So that will be interesting to see if that ends up being our finals matchup. 
Is there concern? I mean, even as an Aces fan, though, is there concern with the fact that this team seems to be so hot and cold shooting the ball? Like, there are moments where I feel like the Aces are about to run away and win by 50, and then all of a sudden it's back to a a close game where they're behind because they just can't hit anything. Yeah, I think that can be a concern. Um, What's been really good for them is the one person who hasn't been hot and cold for the most part is Chelsea Gray. She's just been hot. And she is just a traditionally she's – she's a great player all year long. She goes to a different level in the playoffs, it seems like. And, you know, she's been as good, you know, in this year's playoffs as, as anybody. Um, so I think that's been helpful to them. Um, I, you know, I've, I think Asia Wilson has played great the last two games. So that's really good. And then you've got another super high-level scorer in, in Kelsey Plum. Um, you know, I was talking to Lindsey Whalen, who's going to the Hall of Fame this week, who said, I love watching Kelsey Plum because right now she is just unstoppable. Um, and and I, so I understand what you're saying. I do think, though, for the most part right now, the Aces, the way that offense is with so many weapons and then Laquana Williams, you know, ends up being the hero in that game, you know, the other day because she hits the big three when they need it. Um, they've They've got, I think, enough even though that's a, it's a pretty tight unit. You know, they, they don't go to their bench much, but the, they're starters and, you know, one or two deep have been really good for them. 8 Eastern on ESPN2 for Chicago, Connecticut. 10 Eastern for Vegas, Seattle on ESPN2. MV with us, Mike Vopel, at MA Vopel is where you can follow him. You know, you talked about Candace playing great in part because she's at peace and we know her personal life and the decisions that she's made about about being honest and truthful. And and Mike, we know that that's the case for you as well. We were very moved by your bravery and your courage and and. Uh, the way you presented your big life change on Twitter ahead of a big award that you received. And I hope that the response you've gotten has been um, all the love that you deserve for that choice. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's been, it's been really nice. Uh, people have been incredibly kind and supportive and, Good. you know, I, I feel very lucky to, uh, to work um, at ESPN and also yeah. um, to have the friends I do and, and the people in the WNBA and women's basketball. Be so, so, so glad to hear it. We'll keep crushing the work. Happy to have you. Thank Everybody you. follow him at M.A. Vopel. Two big games tonight. Thanks for the insight. Really appreciate it, Mike. Coming up, the Packers have won 13 games in each of the last three seasons. How much credit goes to head coach Matt LaFleur? LaFleur! We'll talk about it next. It's Spain and Fitz. <laughs> Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Sarah, it feels like there's a music thing going on right now yeah, where everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're I, in a new month. I mean, just making sure everybody knows that. <laughs> Are there a bunch of songs on October 1st that say October? And I don't know what we're doing at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quality, though. Well, then it it's makes spooky season, and there's other choices to be made. That's fair. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, choices to be made over the next few days about what you're going to root for and what you expect to see in the NFL season. So we're going to get some help breaking it all down from our buddy Kevin Clark. You can check him out, the Ringer Senior Football Writer. Follow him on Twitter at by Kevin Clark. Before we get into any actual football and the great article you have out there, you have a big announcement that came out today about a, a podcast. So tell everybody how uh, it's a podcast stream. So it sounds like video some places podcast. Tell us about how everybody can watch what you're doing. So we're doing a three-day-a-week podcast this year called Slow News Day, which is a video series we've been doing for uh, four years now, something like that. Um, but Spotify is going to turn it into a video podcast. It'll be a regular podcast on every other platform, but in the Spotify app, you can now watch us talk, us do our thing. It's going to be really cool with technology they haven't had for a very long time. So 
Uh, I could not be more fired up about it as part of it. They kind of are giving me my own speed, which means I can do a lot of the NFL stuff I normally do. It'll be mostly that, but then college football, which is something I I just love to talk about. So I I could not be more fired up about it. Awesome stuff. I mean, we're excited uh, for more Slow News Day, and also, of course, that Mina Kimes, one of our faves, is one of the first guests tomorrow. Let's talk about this profile. We just taped with her about an hour ago. She... uh, the good news is that Bryce Young was the second guest, and so she just got to talk about how Bryce Young was going to be a Seahawk next year. So that was fine. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> She's manifesting it. I like that. Uh, Kevin Clark is with us. You wrote a great profile on Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, who whenever I say his name, I have to say LaFleur. Um, I love you talking about the relationship developing between him and Aaron Rodgers. That was such a topic of conversation, and there was so much concern about whether it would be a fit. Yeah. Now we know it works to the tune of many wins. What did you learn about why it works? It worked because Matt LaFleur understands how to coach Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's a lot of people who could do that, Sarah. Um, and I think he's a little bit – Matt is a little bit of an NBA-ish coach to be honest with you what i mean by that is he wants to be player led he wants the stars of his team to to be leaders of the locker room and i don't think what he wants to do was was fit a square peg into a round hole i think he wanted to take what his offensive background was and blend it with aaron Rodgers and his preferences not take over and say okay buddy we're, we're running our system now so i think when you put it all together you start to realize that, that matt lafleur in a weird way he doesn't have a huge personality. He's not Bill Parcells. Um, you know, he does not have the, you know, Kyle Shanahan is probably a better play caller, uh, but he's the perfect coach for this team. You know, somebody asked me this morning uh, about well, where you put him in the pecking order. Well, I don't think he'd be all that great of a coach for the Chicago Bears where, the, where they're just starting from scratch, basically. But I do think he's a great, great coach, maybe one of the best coaches for a veteran-laden team and, and just let those guys lead and let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron. They have a relationship that works. They're kind of, when you read the story, Sarah, I mean, they're kind of jerks to each other, and it yeah. works. And that's, yeah. kind of what, that's kind of what he needs. So with that being said, Kevin, like I keep thinking about these subtractions from the roster for Green Bay. How much more difficult yeah. is, is his job as a coach this year? Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating because I asked Aaron about that. He said, the reason that 80% of the offense went through Devontae Adams was because he was open all the time. And that's not, that is not a good thing for the Packers when you consider, like, they've got to learn to live without that. They had, I think, seven games of the previous two years where Devontae Adams was either injured a little bit or didn't play at all. Um, that stuff's important. And Romeo Dobbs is, is, is going to step up. I think, you know, some of those young guys did have problems with drops. Christian Watson, once he gets healthy, is going to be a beast. Alan Lazard is pretty good. Um, we've seen that. But it's going to be on – the onus is going to be on Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to create something out of this. And I think that, um, you know, Devontae wanted to leave. They weren't going to keep him there. That's not really how they operate there. Um, it is going to be one of the most important coaching jobs of the season to see because I think from a scheme standpoint, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but it was explained to me basically that, you know, they were able to do things Devontae winning on the outside changed the way they could play. They didn't have to, to stack receivers as much. They didn't have to do as many tricks behind the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to do that now because they don't have basically a unicorn on the outside winning in the routes. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz talking to Kevin Clark. You can follow him at by Kevin Clark. They, th- this Packers team under LaFleur, Lafleur, uh, 13 wins <laughs> three times. Yep. 
Been to the NSU Championship game twice. LaFleur hasn't been within 20 votes of winning Coach of the Year. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers gets credit in a way that on other teams the coach might? Uh, yeah, and I, also, by the way, LaFleur does not care. I mean, that was the one thing I talked to his brother about it. I talked to a lot of people in his life about it. So LaFleur is good with that. The fact he hasn't won Coach of the Year, that's more of a, a media thing. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is the reason. You know, I, There were a couple of people, mostly Sarah Bears fans, maybe some Lions fans, who said, you know what, you know, LaFleur is a, a mediocre coach, and, and Rodgers got him those 13 wins. Well, if it was so easy to do, uh, to win 13 games with Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy would have done it once in his right. last seven years there. <laughs> he didn't do it. And and by the way, that was picked up by a lot of Cowboy fans and said, oh, that's probably a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that the, in, in general, we, we, we overrate um, or we underrate probably how hard it is to win football games. And the fact that, that, that Matt LaFleur broke Don Shula's record for most wins in his first 40 games, that doesn't happen on accident. Everybody I talked to, throughout the league basically said like the things he's done it's unique it's it, it is it is impossible to immediately gain Aaron Rodgers respect like that to immediately build out a playbook and basically in the first year over zoom after 2019 they got together and basically built what became this playbook now um it is unbelievable the things he's been able to do in a short amount of time yes it's because he has Aaron Rodgers but I mean Aaron Rodgers has won two straight MVPs because he has Matt LaFleur so then take the flip side of it, Kevin. We're talking to Kevin Clark from The Ringer, by the way. Um, you know, I keep thinking about how we judge Aaron Rodgers because it feels mm-hmm. like every year the Packers have this conversation of how have you only won one Super Bowl with arguably the right. greatest quarterback, right? And so how, what's the proper way for us to judge success or failure this year for LaFleur specifically with this team? Super Bowl, and, and that's how they do it too. I mean, I can't. It, 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 you can't write the story I wrote without saying, by the way, they have to win the Super Bowl now. And, you know, Matt LaFleur called Sean McVay about this. He got some advice. McVay basically said that this is the clo- the playoffs are the closest thing to March Madness you can possibly get. And I thought it was interesting what McVay said to me and, and said to him by extension, which is it's not the best team that wins. It's the best team in that three-hour window. And so what McVay learned mm-hmm. was how to get those guys up for that three-hour window and get just to kind of survive in advance mentality that you need to adopt in January. And I kind of think Matt LaFleur is trying to change his thinking a little bit. I think that everybody thinks, okay, we're going to do our normal process. That's not really how you do it. And so I think going into this year, they understand hiring Rich Passaccia as a special, special teams coach. I know it's not the most sexy thing in the world, but special teams is so important. You saw how much it cost them last year to not have a guy like Rich Passaccia. Um, I think that, they understand what the expectations are. And I also think that, you know, if Matt LaFleur wins 13 games for the next 10 years and doesn't win a Super Bowl, that's a huge failure. I think that they'll break through. I think they'll break through this year. I'm taking them to beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. But uh, I, I, I do think at some point you cannot uh, keep calling a, a successful tender without a ring with Aaron Rodgers. Kevin Clark is with us, Ringer senior football writer, host of the Slow News Day podcast that you can now get three times a week visually and audibly, audibly, orally, orally with an AU. Anyway, (laughs) I don't want to say anyone can get anything orally right now. It just doesn't sound right if you can't see the spelling. And we're back, Uh, kids. (laughs) Did you miss me? Um, Kevin, real quick, you you got a lot of information from Aaron Rodgers for this story and I don't know how to put this gently I'm a Bears fan I used to love Aaron Rodgers 
I no longer feel this way. And I'm wondering if you got to the bottom of how Lafleur deals with some of the idiosyncrasies of Aaron Rodgers, whether that be the word choice he uses to be evasive, the (laughs) sometimes unique and special things he talks about on podcasts. Do you get a vibe of how he deals with that? He, there's a couple things. First of all, uh, he ignores the noise in a way that I think is admirable. I think every coach says that, but he really does, does live it. Um, I think he doesn't really care what anybody says. Um, he has such a respect for the locker room. He likes to keep that in house. Um, almost a little bit, almost hockey-ish, you know, where it's like, we got right. the guys in our room. That's it. Um, having said that, I think that treating Aaron like an adult is the core of their relationship. There's a story, uh, in, in the, in the piece, where basically uh, Aaron kept joking to him at David Bakhtiari's wedding about retirement. And Matt had basically sworn off saying anything to Aaron about retirement. He's basically saying, I'm not going to push him one way or the other. And so Aaron starts to kind of troll him, as as Aaron put it, at David Bakhtiari's wedding. And Matt just said, you know what? I'm going to put my poker face on, smile, and let Aaron be Aaron. And I think that that is why the relationship works. I think if you try to to micromanage those situations – uh, you're going to end up in trouble. I think if you're going to say, hey, you went on Joe Rogan's podcast, here's how we're going to attack this, here's how we're going right. to the media, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, that's not, I don't think that's in, in Matt LaFleur's DNA. And so I think giving those guys the freedom to be themselves and to do whatever, um, listen, they were at the center of the football world a bunch of times last year because of things Aaron said or that the, the vaccination status, obviously, ahead of that game against Kansas City. And I think that, 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 that Matt LaFleur understood, A, they were going to get through it, and B, not to make too much of it, because I think that's where the, the kind of micromanaging style starts to wear, and, and you make one misstep, and all of a sudden he's lost the whole locker room. He wants everything to be player-led, and I don't think he's going to kind of overmanage those situations. You can follow him on Twitter, at ByKevinClark. Check out the podcast uh, on an audio format or on a video format. See how I did that? I go. just avoided the Nailed word it. altogether. <laughs> and it's Slow News Day is the podcast. You got to check it out. Kevin, always appreciate you, my friend. Stay in touch. We appreciate you hanging on. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Kevin. I think I'm in. But it, either hanging, way, it hanging matter. on to yeah, the hang, end of the segment? Yeah, hanging on. Just <laughs> hanging on with us. I don't know what the hell we're doing. What I do know is you should be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Twitter, jeez, uh, tw- Louise. Tweet us at Sarah Spain and at Jason Fitz. I'm not even coming on vacation. I got no expect- excuse. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. I'm going to get one during this break so that I can learn how to speak in the next uh, next segment. In the meantime, Sarah and I haven't done a show in weeks, so we're together. We got some catching up to do, and you don't want to miss it. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM channel lady presented by Progressive Insurance. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Sarah, Did you, you see were this on vacation. video, by the way? Know. That's what I was about to ask you. You were on oh vacation. Oh, my God. I, I don't it know was if you on saw, the but... tail end of me coming back, like, uh, all the tears. Oh, insanity. my God. Like, I was ugly crying as I watched it, like, 15 times in yeah. a row. There's a moment in that video where Dave Grohl turns around and just flashes a, a smile to Taylor Hawkins' son. And all I keep thinking it's in that much. moment is, like, yeah, like, for Grohl, you're looking at one of your best friend's kid trying to get him through this. And for him playing you know for Hawkins son playing 
like for me, music was always an escape of emotion, right? Like it was a release, right? Like when, when everything was really bad in my family, I would just play more and play harder. And that's why you got through it. And when mm. you watch the aggressiveness that yes. he's hitting with anyway, you can just yeah. feel like he's, he's pounding just getting grief the out. sadness oh. and the anger out. Yeah, yeah. My friend actually flew out to London for that show. Which, like, dude, I mean, the lineup was insane. This was the Taylor Hawkins tribute show. I mean, it's Paul McCartney, ACDC, Metallica, uh, The Pretenders, I think. I mean, it was just an insane lineup. So cool. I have literally texted every person I think I've ever met in the music business trying to get tickets to the the Tuesday. They're doing it in L.A., too, on, on the 27th. And I have texts everyone I've ever met trying to get in, and everybody's like, no, I don't even know where to start to get tickets to that. I'm like, this is the one time I'm telling right, well, everybody. Well, if you're I'm listening like, out there, yeah. Fitz needs, needs the plug. Yeah, and <laughs> as, as totally unrelated, uh, if that comes through, Sarah, I might have like a cold on the 27th. So, you know, I, there it's you just go. hit me now. There, there, you, there, go. there you go. So I'm uh, definitely hey, not in L.A. You just mentioned, and it's a perfect segue, we need to talk about the hot family goss that you dropped the <laughs> night that I left. Solo fit show. I'm sitting in O'Hare. My flight got canceled, so my trip got pushed back a day, which sucked. But I was like, Fitz just tweeted out that he has a story that's like so insane you'll never believe it. It could get turned into a movie. I'm going to the podcast to listen to this when the show's over. And holy cow, you weren't, you weren't kidding. Yeah, so like the funny thing is I'd been... Um, I've been like a little sick this summer a couple of times and uh, doctors were asking like the family history questions that they always ask. Like, does this run in your family? Does this run in your family? And as most of you all know, like I don't have a relationship with my family, so I, I can't ask. I don't I don't have anyone to really ask those questions to, you know, so I decided that I was going to do 23andMe because they give you like health markers to let you know if you have genetic predispositions for things. So like that was my innocent like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, send this in and, and find out like, hey, do I need to worry about this out of the other thing? And I got the results back uh, a couple of weeks ago, just as we were about to go to air. I get the results back and it says, well, hey, we found two. You have two half sisters. And I was like, well, I most certainly don't. I would know that. <laughs> so I messaged them both thinking there's a mistake because that's your initial response. Like, even though yeah, now for I people who that, don't know, you have stupid, to choose like, on the thing. You could say that you are willing to be contacted or want to be contacted by people who have a relationship to you or not. So. Yeah. And I was like, OK, no worries. I'll 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 do this. And so, like. I messaged them both and I said, hey, it says we're related, but I, I, I wouldn't even know how. Like, I just just wondering what you guys have found out. And both of the these uh, two incredible women sent me separate messages saying, yeah, my, my dad is Ray Fitz. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, they had no idea. So I've since. Uh, and how we, did they know that that was their dad? Uh, it came up um, on 23andMe. There was a link for one of them and uh, to the other. So there's Joy and Vondi are their names. And uh, one had found the link to the other uh, on 23andMe. And the and one of them on Ancestry had found a path that led to my dad. So Oh, so your um, dad's done this too. My dad had done Ancestry. and Got uh, it. But she took it to, to both. So uh, since has removed himself from Ancestry, he's no uh, longer there. So, potentially uh, because it, of the children he was unaware of? It, yeah, once he found out, he was just like, I'm out. You know, in fairness, my dad thought because of a military accident that he was sterile. So, like, I'd always oh. been told growing up that, like, my parents, were, I was I was unexpected. Like, not an accident. I was just oh. unexpected. They didn't think they could have kids. So, he was just out wilding in the 70s, like, you know, thinking he couldn't have kids. And 
There's at least two of them, so I went from like you know just well four to, right yeah. because of your brother yeah. was your brother not no your my brother's dad's? yeah my brother's not my dad's okay but got he it adopted so, him as got a kid, it so, so you were the in theory the anomalous as far right. as they thought but you know I went into this trying to get answers and now instead I feel this incredible you know I won't say responsibility but I think it's the right thing like karmically uh, to to go like my dad raised me so you know they have no idea. Uh, who he is and what he's about, like what he's like. So I, I, I'm taking this opportunity to try and help them wow. get understanding of, of where they've come from. So, so. listen, the, you told this story, and I have a friend who did the same thing, went on Ancestry.com, presumably to get health information and, and maybe like genetic background, like what part, you know, Swedish am I or whatever. And it said, you have a cousin. And she was like, man, we have a small family, and I know all my cousins. Person reaches out to her, says, oh, my gosh. I was adopted. I don't know anybody related to me. You're the first person that's popped up, like blah, blah, blah. So she goes home to her parents and she's like, yeah, this must be uncle fill in the blank who was in the military and used to get his rocks off in various countries and places. And it turned out, no, it was her dad. So Mm. she also had a half sister. It wasn't a cousin. And he had slept with this woman a couple times while he was moving cross country a full decade before he met her mom and had her and never found out. She never told him. they never stayed in touch. And so same thing, except for when she went to go, like the girl really wanted to meet her. And when she went to meet her, they had very different opinions on major social and political things. Mm. And it was real awkward. Uh, did, they don't think it'll be a lifelong friendship, but yeah, it's wild how that can happen. I mean, and, that's... And, and in fairness, uh, all indications are my dad had no idea that he had these yeah. kids, which which is comforting to me. But yes, it, it is uh, It is kind of alarming when you discover this and then you, you got to try and figure out how to wade these waters. It, it's yeah. At the very least, it's weird. I think we need a sponsorship with uh, 23andMe about your, I mean. your, I think we need a movie about you and your new sisters. <laughs> well, one, one step at a, uh, at a time, but we're at least trying. I, I want to hear about your vacation. I know we don't have time to do right do that right now, but if you followed Sarah on social media, I've never <laughs> been more jealous than I have been of the last several weeks. We'll get to that. But also Tom Brady about to start his 23rd season. Are the Bucks really the favorite? We'll preview the NFC South next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz. The podcast.